1029 The Hog presents another Bob and Brian podcast. This Bob and Brian On Demand is brought to you by Marcus Theaters. There's a big difference between watching a movie and getting lost in one. Find out what Marcus Theaters means by getting tickets to a hot new release at MarcusTheaters.com. Time for music news. There is some discontent. Good Friday, not for everybody. Good morning, Gary. Good morning. How are you guys? Good. We're good. Hope everybody's bidding high and bidding often out there. Day two of uh, Radiothon. Yeah. yeah uh, the number, we'll just throw it in there right now, 414-978-9500 if you want to make a donation. If you bid $750 or more, donate $750 or more, you go into the drawing for that trip to Punta Cana to the Hard Rock. Oh, boy. Yeah, sure, yeah, uh, yeah. We were just there. I we, was going to say, you know, go look at Facebook to see how much fun that was. Matter of yeah. fact, we told people we left a couple of things there. Brian left some uh, a prescription there, and I left a hat at the at the Saks okay. Pool. So if somebody could go pick that up for me, that would be terrific. I'm sure they'll hold it for you for next year. All right, let's get into all the discontent. First, yeah. let's start with Motley Crue. Okay, so yesterday comes word that, you know, after Mick Mars, Retire, announces his retirement from touring and lots of kissing and hugging and wishing each other well. Now he's filed a lawsuit against them, <laughs> against the band, claiming that basically they forced him out of the band and, and offered him a severance package that he feels is below his net value to the band, basically a 5% remaining stake in Motley Crue and 0% of any future tours. Is this a surprise to the rest of the Motley Crue guys, or were there think, rumblings well, of this they're before? It, they're, they're making it sound like a surprise. You hmm. know, they're they're slapping back and slapping back hard. Their attorney issued a issued a statement saying that he finds that this is unfortunate and ill advised. He blames the people around Mick Mars, his personal manager, other people he's working with at getting you know at getting him into it. They're saying that. You know, not, it's not just about him having a debilitating disease that keeps him off the road, but that he was playing poorly and no. you know, missing missing things and just not up not up to standard. In his lawsuit, Mick Mars calls Motley Crue out for you know for using pre-recorded tapes. They maintain, somewhat foolishly, that it's not the case. You know, and that they're not doing it, but they are saying you know they are casting great aspersions on Mick's playing and his continuing ability to perform. Uh, Nikki Six posted uh, made he posted something on Twitter saying, sad day for us. We don't deserve this considering how many years we've been propping him up. Whoa! Throw a few, little fuel on the fire, why don't you? Oh, yeah. And so he, although he finishes with, we love you, Mick. But yeah, that's not true. You don't say that and then follow it up with, but we love you. No, you don't. Propping him up. This is unusually ugly, and we'll have to see how how it. And this is just the beginning. Will it get more ugly, or will it settle down? Sure, Sure, because if they're going to maintain, you know, they're they they'll be responding to the suit, and if they're going to maintain that way, as Nikki says, they've been propping him up. They have to, you know, they have to prove it, and and Nick, I'm sure, will double down on on all of his claims about and maybe document any use of backing tapes or pre-recorded material on stage. So do you think this will get settled quietly or will this keep, will there be more to this? Is it? I, 
I think too late has, to be settled quietly. Well, yeah, I, I yeah. think it has. I think it has the potential to go either way. Oh. It's, pos- it's possible they can back. They can. I hope it gets off. worse, Gary. That's what I'm hoping for. Well, I just sure, want yeah, to. I mean, everyone keep talking. That's what'll get listeners and eyeballs, and then sell newspapers and stuff. So we got that going on with Motley Crue, the Kiss brouhaha that we talked about last week, primarily between Ace Frehley and Paul Stanley, blew up uh, even further this week. So you'll recall that Ace issued Paul an ultimatum saying that I want Paul to recant, to apologize for his nasty comments about Ace on the Howard Stern show, and you know, or he, Ace, was going to start telling some tales about Kiss that have never been heard before. Uh, according to Ace, he went back on the podcast where he did the original ultimatum. He said Paul did call him, and it was a five-second call where Paul said, F you, Ace, I'm not going to apologize, and hung up. Okay, okay. Well, so I, I think he got the, the time right. he wanted. But... Right. right, but now Ace, now Ace is, is pulling back from what he was he was going to do he he came he came out and basically said you know as a i'm not that kind of guy you know i've been through i've been through rehab i'm sober now i'm just looking for the light looking to be the best person i can so i'm not going to do what i said i was going to do okay so aces we reply damn it (laughs) yeah Uh, right um, so, you know, and part of that is still holding out probably hope against hope at this point that he'll somehow be involved in at least the final kiss shows at Madison Square Garden. I'm sure Ace more than Peter is holding out some hope that kiss will change Gene and Paul will change their minds. <laughs> These but, guys in bands, they oh, they, they they hold hold grudges. I mean, it just it Pick pick a band that a member has left and just quietly gone away, other than America. Um. Yeah, there have been a few. No, there there have been a few. You know, a few where where band members have gone away. But you know, there's other stuff going on here too. Josh Klinghoffer, who was the Red Hot Chili Peppers guitarist for a while, and then was asked to leave when his predecessor uh, came back, uh, John Frusciante, uh, made some comment on again on a podcast about how he thought the band was making cooler music with him, and that oh. he was shocked by the two new albums that came out last year, that, you know, how kind of plain they were. And, and you know, he, he uh, you know, or did, you know, said, like, I know what we were working on, and it's so much cooler than what they put out. So you got that, then you've got Lou Graham, um, right. Saying, right. He's, he's out there now saying that, you know, he doesn't expect to be included in any way in the foreigner farewell tour, you know, and he's not going to, not going to ask. He I heard that, that Lou Graham was, uh, was, he, he was in good shape that, uh, I had heard somebody who said they had seen him in the last year and they said he sounds great. So he, it sounds like he is physically right. capable of getting up on stage for a song or two. I will predicate this by saying I have not seen Lou in the past year, like that person has. But my initial response would be, I want one summer with their on. Okay. Um, All right, so you're going to say probably not. Okay. Um, But, you know, and it's interesting that in this interview, Lou claims, first of all, that he's never performed with the group's current lineup, only with the original members, which is not true. You know, he was those reunion dates they did where the original band members made a special appearance were playing with the current band. What, does he not and, remember that, or is it just I don't know. selective? And then, he, and then he went on to say, I don't understand how they can be touring with no original members, doesn't feel right, yada, yada. And okay, that's the eternal argument, but, you know, they've been doing this for longer 
than the original foreigner was together. So that you know, <laughs> yeah. yeah, come on, that's not that's not an argument to be barking up. Um, looping back to Motley Crue, uh, Nikki Six has been challenged to a jam oh, yeah. off. <laughs> There's that. So you know, Carmen Apache, the you know, the drummer, we've talked about yeah, this last and, week. See, they've been jaw flapping at each other for a while. Uh, Carmine is the is a good friend of Mick Mars, apparently. So he w- he actually came out and talked uh, a few weeks ago talking about how Motley Crue mistreated Mick Mars, and in the lawsuit, we're seeing now what that may have been about. But then you know, uh, and then he. he Talked about the band playing, you know, using pre-recorded material on stage. Nikki Six clapped back at at um, Carmine and called him a washed-up old drummer. Oh man, that was sad. Yeah. Carmine slapped back at him better being a washed-up drummer than a fake bass player. Guy sucks, um, propping now, him up, washed up. Wow. So, you know what Molly Crew needs is a week at Charm School. Oh boy. Maybe. So now the, the development now is in, in this one is that Carmine has challenged Nikki to a jam off. To see who the better musician is, you know, get in a room and play at each other. Yeah, who would judge that? I mean, I don't know. You'd have to get maybe a panel of experts gonna, or yeah. something. Or I think it would have to be like The Voice. The judges would have to be turned the away. Turned from, well, right. You're, you're going to yeah. know who's playing bass and drums. Well, that's true. Um, you know, so I don't know. Maybe it's a fan vote. Maybe it's maybe it's a just play to see who drops first. <laughs> uh, Play till you drop. Wow, this is now, and that wraps wow. up our rock and roll grumpy old men segment I of guess. music yeah, news. Was, uh, like I say, there could be no better day and weekend for it than the, than the holiday weekend. You know who's not grumpy? Sammy Hagar. We had Never. him on yesterday. Oh yeah, he's he's uh, he's great. And you know, Lou Graham has had trouble with his voice. I asked Sammy. I said, Sammy, your voice sounds great. You've been. Like Brian said, you've been, what, shredding it for years? Is that what you said? It should be shredded should, by now, right. I said. And we said, well, how do you maintain it? He goes, I don't. And we said, well, what do you do to warm up? He goes, I, I yell at people to close the door. Better better living through rum and tequila. But he, but he says he, smoking he, has never been a thing. And he goes, and I, I don't smoke weed. He goes, maybe once a year. He, you know, okay, so he's being a little disingenuous there. He takes care of himself and his voice. You know, he may not be falling out for <laughs> lessons with opera singers, but he's, you know, he's careful. You know, he's not he's not doing things to harm his voice. So he yeah. gets out there and he, and he rocks it. Yeah, he, he yelled very as, loud just in the middle of the interview and said, I just oh, yeah. do this. And it was like, yeah, an animated, he's, got, uh, he's yeah. an animated guy. Yeah. Uh, it was it was like oh, I guess, but speaking of Sammy, his son has got a thing going on. Yeah, his one of his sons, as well as uh, the sons of Chester Bennington, are going to be part of a new docu series called Family Legacy. This is going to be streaming on Paramount Plus. Plus, it starts April twenty fifth, and it's uh, it's narrated by Quincy Brown, the actor, and it's a five episode series that'll have children of legendary musicians and bands, you know, talking about life as being children of legendary. Musicians, and this includes, uh, you know, the progeny of Van Halen, Backstreet Boys, In Sync, TLC, Brandy. But you know, for the rock dogs, uh, Sammy Hagar and Chester Bennington's kids are definitely uh, going to be what we'll tune in for. We were talking yesterday about the Capital One commercials with Willie Nelson in them. Oh, that's, that's great! And uh, he's, he's singing. He works basketball into back on the road again. Uh-huh. But the guitar he's playing, and I've seen the guitar before, has a hole in it. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's so old. Uh, it's got a name that I'm blanking on now. It's not Trigger, but it, but it, his guitar does have a name, and he's been playing it for eons. 
But he said, so when he bought the guitar, he bought it because he liked the way it sounded 50 years ago. But the right. sound must have changed over the years. There's a hole in it now. But it's gotten richer, and, uh, you know, the wood is older. And, you know, the hole, listen, acoustic guitars have holes in them. And his just has another one. So you get a whole different kind of resonance in it. It's sure, I've seen him play it live yeah. plenty of times, and it sounds great. And the, and, next, and the other question was, what did Willie get paid to do those commercials to sing on the road again? You know, he didn't get, like, Rolling Stones money for that. But, you know, I'm sure he did well. He, I'm sure he did as well as, you know, the guys in the, you know, Spike, Spike Lee and Charles Barkley and, you know, Jim Nance and those guys. You know, I'm sure he got, he got a good rate for it. I think keep it in is... mind, you can only air it during basketball season. And the deal may have only been for this year's March Madness. Right. I think it is called Trigger, Gary. Oh, is it? Okay, yeah. That's yeah. why it's stuck in my head. That name was taken. Roy Rogers. Well, yeah. The... So, you know, Roy, I don't know. I think, I'm betting in copyright laws. And again, I only play a lawyer on TV. <laughs> but I'm betting in copyright laws. You can call a guitar Trigger and it won't. You know, you, you will not. And, and right. the horse Trigger cannot sue you for copyright infringement. Willie is not one for change, says Mark Earlwine, caretaker of the guitar. There you go. It's got its own caretaker. Wow. Oh, yeah. Well, he, is that it, a guitar tech? It's a guitar, a guitar tech, oh. yeah. Yeah. What, uh, what is, uh, how are fans determining how Taylor Swift is getting to the stage? Well, they basically, somebody caught it on video. So, you know, Taylor, you know, makes a magical appearance from below the stage uh, during this tour. And she was caught on video at a recent show, a and you know she is hardly the first performer that's that's done this in a big production. But they have basically like a a janitor's cart, you know, one of those big carts they push around, and it gets wheeled to the stage. And I'm sure it has a seat for Taylor in it, mm-hmm. and wheeled it to the stage. But this uh, the video was posted on TikTok, and you can see Taylor emerge from it, and then walk underneath the stage from where she will then emerge. And, you know, Def Leppard did that. Prince did that. Um, Prince obviously didn't need a very big one. But, uh, you know, they... Uh, <laughs> Another you know, Def, Nelson. Def, Def Leppard was taken to the stage in, um, in laundry carts. <laughs> you know, the great big industrial-sized laundry carts. That's how they, they got taken to the stage. Next so time we have Phil Collin on, uh, we'll have we'll to have ask, ask him about, about that. that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he'll tell you about that. Ask him about, I don't, I don't know how the FCC will feel about it, ask him about underneath the stage during that tour. Uh, well, I saw that it, in like the behind the music thing, yeah. Yeah. It was it was pretty wild when somebody was doing a solo and the other guys would leave the stage. There was, there there was, was shenanigans. I was going to say there was a yep. show going on. Yeah, at least under the stage. There was a show and there was the show, if you know. Uh, Steven Tyler, gonna yeah. try, is he going to get his, uh, his shenanigans dismissed? We'll see. You know, Steven Tyler, as we, we talked about this too, he has been sued for, you know, sexual uh, assault and sexual misconduct with a minor. Uh, he, he, which he documented in his own in his own memoir. Uh, they are asking for the suit to be dismissed because this was all they're saying. This was all consensual. That the the girl's parents had signed over uh, custody custodianship to Steven Tyler, and you know, therefore, you know, this was this this was not a crime at the time. So. You know, that's what they're maintaining. Hmm. And we'll see what happened here was the state of California temporarily lifted a statute of limitations that allowed allowed this woman to 
sue Steven Tyler uh, 50 years later almost. All right, let's end on a much nicer note, the Country Music Hall of Fame. Yeah, we're always happy to hear hear good people uh, getting you know, getting inducted. Patty Loveless, Tanya Tucker, and Bob McDill are going to be the 150th, 151st, and 152nd members of the Country Music Hall of Fame. Uh, they'll be inducted, I believe that's in June. Uh, Tanya Tucker also announced a new album, Sweet Western Sound, coming out on June 2nd. And this is the follow-up to While I'm Living from 2019 that won a Grammy and was a real comeback. Patty Loveless had the best story going into the Country Music Hall of Fame because Vince Gill was the guy who was introducing them all, and they were talking about uh, fanfare, and Patty Loveless was just visiting. She said, I was a teenager, and she went up to Vince Gill's table, and Vince said, it was just a sweat fest. It was so hot in there. It was ridiculous. And she said to him, someday we're going to sing together, and he said he remembered thinking to himself, right, thank you, (laughs) as he signed her album as she walked by. And they sang together a lot over the years. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. It's a sweet story. This is a nice class. All three of these are, are class acts and, and well-deserving. Tanya Tucker had her moments, though. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, she was a bit of a, bit of a hellion. So, but that's kind of what we like. <laughs> All right, Gary, we're out of time. All right. Listen, everybody, like, like I said, call off and bid high. Thanks, Gary. All right. Have Talk a great to you weekend. next week. Gary Graff, our music expert.